0: Thank you for joining us for the Lessons from 1st Naz Podcast.
1: This past week in our in our uh, connection group was as uh, she was seated in the sanctuary and listened and sang along, and uh, I thought about that again this morning. And every single number you guys did for us and led us in this morning spoke to me and and uh, I want to mention this now because I know this isn't on a single sheet of music for some, but, but uh, that song, What Love Is This, uh, I'd like you to do that as we get near the close of our service, so if you'll be prepared to, to do that. One of the things I'm reminded of again this morning, uh, I've thought about it several times as I approach this day, was that every single time that we're in church can be a significant event for us. And I I know good and well I have commented somewhat like this to you before, but uh, when we're in the presence of God, when we come together like this, chances are far more than just above average that we're going to be changed somewhat. That if our hearts are open... And if we just allow God to come in and do whatever He would like in our hearts and lives and souls, uh, He's not going to turn down that request. And I believe that on any given Sunday, uh, God can do something in your life and in my life that we'll walk away from here and we'll never, ever quite be the same again because what God is willing to do in us and for us. Heavenly Father, in these moments ahead, we would simply ask that you have the freedom to move in our hearts and lives, to speak to us. You know where we're at in our spiritual journey, in our walk with you. Maybe we haven't even started it, but you know where we're at. You know what we need, and I pray our ears and our heart and soul would be open and attentive to your voice. And when we leave this place, we will be vividly aware that uh, we've been in a holy place. We've walked on holy ground, and it's all because you were here. And I pray that our lives will be changed today uh, because of what you're going to do. Thanks for loving us so very much, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. I was seated uh, with a group of men, uh, off to one side of a sanctuary in a, in a fairly small chapel. Our chairs were gathered around in a, in a tight circle, and uh, we were all close to each other. And uh, it was for a time of prayer. And we had begun to share prayer requests, and I was just going around the circle and inviting each of the men present to share with me or share with the group uh, any need or concern or prayer requests they might have. And um, we were going to listen to the request before we began to pray. The, uh, as we went around, it came to one man, and uh, he spoke up and he said, I just want to see two things. I would like us to pray, in fact, for two things. I would like us to pray for revival... We need revival. I want to see revival, he said. And then he added, I want us to pray for the increasing spiritual maturity in the lives of the believers. And heads nodded in assent. Everybody seemed to be agreeing with him. I heard someone say yes. Somebody else said amen. Uh, Another guy said, oh yes, brother, that's what we need. And uh, I thought, yeah, they want to pray for revival. We don't hear a lot about revival as such. But in other guys, these, in in other words, these guys wanted uh, that little bit of flame that was burning in their hearts and souls to be ignited, and they wanted to see God really at work in their lives and in the lives of people around them. But they wanted to see believers in Christ growing and maturing. Uh, they wanted to be true disciples of Christ. It became quiet for a few moments, and everyone just seemed lost in, in their own thoughts. And then a young father spoke up. And as he began to speak, he became emotional, and his, his voice began to break. And um, he said that he wanted to share with this group that he had a 14-year-old son, and a situation had come up, or in his words, a predicament had come up, And he just simply didn't know what to do. He was at a loss. He said that he was experiencing a great deal of discouragement over the whole situation. And he saw no way that he could step in and correct the circumstances as they were right now. And uh, he said, in fact, I, I guess I've been brought to a point where the only thing open to me now is just prayer. And so he said, would you guys please pray for me and for my son? Everyone in that circle agreed that they would. And then another man spoke up and he said, well, I'd like to share a praise. Um, the group, all the eyes turned toward him and, and uh, he said that he had been confronted with a situation several weeks earlier where someone he had trusted in completely uh, had failed him. Things had really gone out of control in the whole matter, he said, and fallen apart. And he told the group that he would reached the place where he too had simply had to put it in the hands of God and ask God to take over and, and work things out because he couldn't do it. And he said, I have witnessed God intervene in a situation that I thought was hopeless. He answered prayer." And it turned out far better than I would have ever imagined. And there were amens and few hands clapping and everybody was pleased with hearing that. It became quiet again. And suddenly there was a sound of a door opening over in the back of the, the little chapel. And a young man came in. Uh, he was carrying a Bible as he approached the group. And, and uh, there were qu- I guess I would call them questioning looks on the faces of a number of the of the men in this circle as they looked at him and no one said anything. And the guy came right up and as he got near the circle he said, can I join you? And uh, it was just like somebody had flipped a switch and smiles broke out on the faces of the guys in this group and and one man jumped up and went out and got a chair and brought in and everybody kind of moved theirs back. They scooted back to make room for this guy to come in and sit down. And, and as I'm watching this and hearing this, I hear one guy said, say, well, praise the Lord. And somebody else said, hallelujah. And there were other comments like that. And, and there must have been a questioning look on my face. I hadn't seen this fellow before. And the man that was seated next to me turned to me and leaned over and and, uh, he explained that the reason for the reactions that I had just witnessed uh, had to do with the fact that uh, this was a prodigal child, a prodigal son, as it were, that had just walked in. And at some point in the past, this young man had Turned his back on God. He had joined an anti Christian movement. Uh, he had disavowed any relationship with God and with Christianity, with Jesus Christ, and he had just walked away. This group of men that I was with on this particular night, I learned, had been praying for him. They hadn't given up, they hadn't thrown in the towel. But they had been praying for him for a period of months. And uh, their prayers had been answered. And they now sat there and just listened with rapt attention as this man began to describe how God had never let go of him, it seemed. When he had walked away, when he would turned his back on God and left, uh, he sensed that God was still after him. God was still wooing him to return back to the faith that he had once embraced. And he finally reached a place, he said, where uh, one evening he became painfully aware of the dreadful mistake and error of his ways, and he returned to God. And he found that a God of grace and mercy was waiting with him, with arms outstretched, and welcomed him home. As the man finished sharing his testimony of God at work in his life, we took some time, and several of the men in that circle prayed for him, thanking God for the return of this prodigal, thanking God for bringing him back, thanking God for his redeeming and forgiving grace and mercy. And they prayed for the future, for this one who had strayed so far from the kingdom and the king. As the second of the two men who had prayed began, uh, he prayed a little more quietly, a little more soft spoken, but it was one of those prayers that you just sensed Uh, he was touching heaven. God was hearing. And uh, he continued to pray, finally said amen. And I looked up, and the prodigal had gotten out of his chair and was kneeling in front of his chair with his arms upraised towards heaven. And he got up off the floor as the prayer ended, and one of the guys went over and just gave him a big old bear hug. And then it was one after another as they went around slapping him on his back and hugging him and welcoming him back. And I thought, there's got to be joy in heaven this very moment for what we've just witnessed and what has taken place here. I'm just sure of it. A few minutes later, I, I looked up at the clock and I thought, oh boy, we've got to get going because we were limited on the time we had And we needed to get on with our prayer time. But in the minutes that followed, as the men prayed around that circle, I'm convinced again that heaven heard. And what a time of prayer it was. Well, some might ask, well, just what is prayer anyway? For one who would be new to the church or hadn't been around the church or wasn't acquainted with Christianity, They might say, what is prayer? We speak of of it often here at 1st Naz. We do it often. Uh, I was thinking this this morning, uh, we've prayed four or five times, I think, since uh, we began our worship service, beginning with the group that prayed down here uh, in front, uh, right at the beginning. But uh, we do it often. It's not unusual for us to pause and pray several times on a Sunday morning. Uh, A dictionary that I have at home, uh, dictionary of the Bible and Christian doctrine, uh, says this, Prayer is talking with God. (laughs) That doesn't seem too difficult, does it? Prayer includes worship of God and meditation on God Prayer often includes a request that God help someone who is in need. This business of prayer and praying is something that is literally touched upon all the way through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. It's spoken of again and again, and as you read, you're going to find multitudes of individuals as well as groups of people who pray. Uh, We actually have the content of prayers listed Time after time, we get to see what people prayed for and what they prayed about. The reasons for their prayers are many and varied. Uh, If we were to make a list, it would be a long one. A fellow by the name of John Bornsheen wrote about prayer, and in one of his books he said this, Prayer has subdued the strength of fire. It has bridled the rage of lions, hushed anarchy to rest, Extinguish wars, appease the elements, burst the chains of death, dispelled frauds, expanded the fates of heaven, assuaged diseases, rescued cities from destruction, stayed the sun in its course, and arrested the progress of the thunderbolt. In this communion with God, there is an all-sufficient display, a treasure undiminished, a mind that is never exhausted, a sky unobscured by clouds, a heaven unruffled by storm. It is the root, the fountain, the mother of a thousand blessings. I thought, wow, that guy knew how to describe prayer. Uh, Every one of those words paints a picture for us. Every one of those phrases does. Do I believe in prayer? In talking with God? You can be assured I do. Uh, I still remember uh, that it was a very simple prayer that I prayed uh, late at night on a January 2nd, many years ago, and asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. Uh, I have to tell you, it was a short prayer. Um, It wasn't flowery or what I would uh, considered to be outstanding or attention-getting. Uh, in fact, it had been written by someone else, and it was included in the last page of a little brochure that I had picked up and was reading about God and His offer of forgiveness to us. Uh, this little booklet right here. Uh, when you clean out things, sometimes you discover Harold. Herald, Uh, Harold has been telling me about cleaning things out. And uh, I discovered this. I don't know where it had been for years, but it came to the surface. Uh, Billy Graham is a lot younger in this picture than (laughs) right now. Just simply titled, What is Conversion? And I had picked it up and began to read. And on on, uh, the next to the last page, on the inside here, I don't know if the Lord wants me to stop right here or not. (laughs) Better have an invitation, huh? (laughs) But listen to this prayer. Uh, It's just titled, My Decision. Believing that the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross for me and is now living, I want this to be my hour of decision. Acknowledging that I am a sinner, I receive Jesus as my personal Savior, and will trust in, rely upon and adhere to him as my Lord. And I signed it, had a place for address and the date of the decision, and I filled that out. And my life has never been the same since. Did it work? You bet it did. Did God hear it? Did he answer it? (laughs) Yeah, I'll have to say yes. Uh, And since that occasion, I have made it a habit to pray i pray often to my Heavenly Father who gave me this brand new life. Um, My Heavenly Father gave me a life that was nothing like it had been up to that point. I've never been the same since that January night. I'm not perfect (laughs) by any means. God is still working on me. But I have to tell you my life has been forever changed as a result of this tiny little prayer that's not flowery, fancy, anything along that line. It's not long. It's just simply acknowledging the fact that I was a sinner. And God, please forgive me and come into my heart and life. And He did. Has God answered every prayer I've prayed since that night? Not that I'm aware of. It's probably a pretty good thing, too. Uh, I would rather have him handle things the best way as he really does know what is ahead. He knows the whole story from beginning to end and I would much rather have him respond the way he desires when I pray. He has often answered prayers differently than I might have expected. Neither has he answered as quickly as I might have wished at times. But I'm telling you, I've learned over the years that when I talk to him, I am convinced that he hears me, that he listens, and I've learned I can trust him. He's faithful. That previous writer that I spoke of, John Bornsheen, uh, also said this, Are you throwing a short prayer his way before you eat while stuck in traffic? Or when you're looking for the best parking spot? (laughs) Or are you actively pursuing a relationship with a father through prayer? If you're a parent, would you rather hear from the child that you love, Thanks from the food, you're neat, now let's eat. (laughs) Or would you rather hear something like this, I miss you, I really do look forward to our time together. I long to be with you. I know you have everything worked out already, so I guess I shouldn't be worried about today, but I am. I need your help. I really blew it yesterday, Lord. You told me what to do, but I still messed up. I pray that you'll help me do better tomorrow, but I really need you because I'm weak. All I really want to do is make you happy. Lord, I love you so much. I want to know you more and better each and every day. Help me. Please forgive me. So which would the parent rather? Here, that little, short, abrupt prayer or one that is open and honest and loving? I think we all know the answer to that. Prayer is not a fitful, short-lived exercise. It's not a voice crying unheard and unheeded in the silence. But it's a voice that reaches God's ear. When you pray, God hears. In Matthew 6, beginning with verse 1, Jesus is in the midst of what we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. The sermon wasn't presented in a fancy temple or a big cathedral or in a synagogue, but it was on a grassy, open hillside uh, where people were seated around him uh, up above the Sea of Galilee. And he begins to speak about prayer, and this is what Jesus says. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. I've thought about those words of Jesus and wondered how many of those who were listening uh, maybe cringed inwardly when they heard what he was saying. And maybe even began to feel a bit uncomfortable about the way the direction of the Lord's teaching seemed to be going right that that moment. But Jesus wasn't finished yet. And a few minutes later, he says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard by their many words. And I thought, ouch. Again, I have to wonder, were there maybe a few people in that group that wished they hadn't sat up front? (laughs) kind of wishing they were at the back of the crowd watching instead of right where they were. And I wonder how many of them thought, why does he have to look directly at me when he says says those words? But Jesus is not close to being finished yet. For next, he says, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And then without even pausing, he goes, this is how you should pray. Would you join me as we pray these familiar words? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Oh, I am glad that the Lord's Prayer comes across as so simple and at the same time vibrant and unique in how he directed you and me to pray. It's not too wordy, is it? Uh, In fact, in the original Greek, in Luke's version, it only has 38 words. 38 words for the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Dr. Morris Weigel, a former professor at NNU, and Nazarene Theological Seminary, I think he's on staff at a Nazarene church in Michigan now, uh, he notes that the the way we pray reflects our basic beliefs. Now, there's something that can make me squirm a little bit. Although we may talk a wonderful line in Sunday school class or over a cup of coffee, he said, our praying more clearly reflects the thinking that guides our spiritual formation. In other words, he's telling us that our praying is like a gauge that shows us how our spiritual growth is progressing. You and I have been around people, I'm I'm guessing, who, when they pray, seem to lead us right to the gates of heaven. You love to hear them pray. They take you right to the foot of the cross, as it were. And they seem to take you by the hand and, and uh, lead you to the altar to kneel before the Master. And uh, it can be such a worshipful experience when some people pray. I am um, thinking about people praying. Uh, I remember Pastor Paul Barber shared with me one time, following uh, attending one of our general assemblies, a number of years ago how uh, during the mission part of the assembly or convention, Dr. Louise Robertson Chapman was asked to pray. And uh, she was a little short lady. She came up to the pulpit, looked out over the top, looked down and began to pray. And uh, she began to pray and it was obvious her prayer was drifting heaven, heavenwards. It was going upwards. And uh, Pastor Paul said that it just seemed like heaven came down into that great auditorium as she prayed. Thousands of people present. She prayed for over an hour. <laughs> if we started doing that here, we'd have to change the schedule somehow, uh, come an hour early maybe. Uh, but she prayed for over an hour. And uh, so how, how much total time did we pray today? You know, I, I don't want to total it up, but I don't think we came anywhere close, did we? Some who were there that morning noted that time literally meant nothing as she prayed. And uh, as people listened, it became a, a time of worship in the holy presence of an almighty God as this woman prayed. And uh, how could you be hurried when you were seated at the feet of Jesus? As she prayed, those present just seemed like they were swept up into heaven's sanctuaries. And God was surely listening. God was answering. Uh, But this little woman, a humble servant of God, praying a prayer that If you were there, uh, you would have known her Heavenly Father was listening and had heard her. One author that I was uh, reading talked about attending a workshop on the Lord's Prayer specifically. And he happened to hear one of the other uh, individuals who was there make this comment. The way I prayed this morning showed I really did not expect an answer. And I thought, ooh, ouch. Have I ever been guilty of that? Have I ever prayed as if I didn't even expect God to answer? Uh, Sadly, I think I have to admit that I have. God forgive me for that. In Acts 12, we read the account of Peter having been put in prison. And I share this with you because I'm not the first one that's ever prayed and really didn't expect God to answer. Uh, Verse 5 says, The church was earnestly praying to God for him. In other words, praying for Peter. They were praying for Peter's release from prison to get out of jail. And uh, their prayers were answered by a miraculous intervention of God. Uh, I don't know if you remember this story or not, but Peter fell asleep and he woke up and an angel was president or present, the chains were off, and uh, he was ushered out of jail. He went to the home where the prayer prayer meeting was being held on his behalf, and uh, we read this, this, When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter's standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. (laughs) In other words, they weren't believing their prayers were going to work. You're out of your mind, they said. When she insisted, they decided it must be an angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door... And saw him, they were amazed. Well, would you ever? God answered. Uh, I would have liked to have been sitting around the coffee shop the days that followed that when they talked that one over. It's almost comical in a way. The prayers could not believe their prayers had been answered. They simply couldn't be convinced that their praying had been effective. And I, I thought, well, that's kind of interesting theology. But are we ever guilty of that? Not really believing our prayers are going to be effective? Dr. Weigel notes that this parable illustrates the essential connection between our belief system and our praying. What we believe about God and what we believe about ourselves will determine how we pray and the manner in which we develop our relationship with our Heavenly Father when we beg God to intervene in a particular situation but expect things to go exactly the same when we wake up tomorrow, I think our prayers betray our real theology. When we pray about or for those things we think God wants to hear, our prayers expose our understanding of God. When we ask God for a specific answer to prayer, and then begin to search around for evidence that the answer is on the way, our prayers reveal the quality, the real quality of our faith. When we come together to pray but never listen for his guidance, we place restrictions on our spiritual growth that really hinders our walk with God. Have you noticed how often uh, when Pastor Cliff is praying, he will pause for a few moments and ask us to uh, pray for specific things. And then he just gets quiet and lets us pray. Or he will ask us to speak with God about whatever may be troubling, troubling us. And he becomes quiet, gives us time to pray. Or he may ask us simply to become quiet and listen and allow God to speak with us. I'm convinced that we're living in a day and at a time when listening to God is so critical. Uh, We need to take time to listen when we pray. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we need to take time to listen. Read its words, hear its words, say its words, and listen to the message. I don't think that there is anything as touching as being present when someone is praying to our Heavenly Father and you're realizing that they're just plain being simple and sincere in what they say. Um, Like the prayers of a small child. I think God loves those. Or like I had a person tell me just recently that uh, I don't pray good when other people are listening. And yet we got ready to leave that day, and they prayed. And I'm telling you, what a beautiful prayer that was. And I know that heaven heard, our heavenly Father heard, and he answered. Oswald Chambers wrote that the prayer of the feeblest saint on earth, who lives in the Spirit and keeps right with God, is a terror to Satan. The very powers of darkness are paralyzed by prayer. No spiritual seance can succeed in the presence of a humble, praying saint. No wonder Satan tries to keep our minds fussy and active work till we cannot think of prayer. A.W. Tozier stated, When our requests are such as honor God, we may ask as largely as we will. The more daring the request the more glory accrues to God when the answer comes. Samuel Chadwick noted, the one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, and prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. (laughs) And I believe he's right on with that. Friends, God loves you and I more than we might ever imagine. In fact, uh, and I've told you this before, God's crazy about you. Uh, He wants your relationship with Him to develop and to grow and mature and to become rich and exciting as you live each and every day for Him. He wants to see your times of prayer become far more than just some ritual that you feel obligated to take part in he desires that your times of prayer be rich and fulfilling and he wants you to experience two-way communication with him not just one way but he wants it to go back and forth he wants you to know him as you've never known him before i'm telling you god's crazy about you he loves you well that that time with that that prayer time with that group of men that i spoke of at the beginning it could have taken place in any number of churches or locations where people on fire for god and where the holy spirit is at work meet together but as i sat in that circle of men and looked out the windows i saw walls and high chain link fences topped with razor wire Uh, i was in a prison And these guys that were seated all around me that night uh, were all in there doing time, hard time. Some were in there for a period of months. Others had years ahead of them. Uh, Some of them knew that there was no expectancy that they would ever get outside the walls. But these men had become witness to the reality that God was crazy about them too they came to the place where they had learned what it was like to have their sins forgiven. They knew the meaning of the words in the Lord's Prayer. They said it regularly. They spoke the words. They listened to it. They read the words. These men knew how to pray. They knew how to touch the hem of the Master's garments. If you listen to them as they prayed, uh, You knew that they weren't just trying to put on a show or be fancy. They were speaking to their Heavenly Father. They'd learned. They'd learned that God is crazy about them, and God is crazy about you too. Worship team, if you'll come now, this song spoke to me as they shared this this morning. And uh, just before I wrap things up, let's listen to these words as they share with us again.
2: When hope is just a distant thought, you take my pain And you lead me to the cross where love ceases
0: Thank you that every single time that I, that I come and I listen for your voice through whoever's teaching, your Holy Spirit shows up and taps me on the shoulder at some point and says, this is for you. I'm going to pray for all of my f- friends who are gathered here today, that each of us would take our this is for you moment we would take seriously what your, your spirit might have to say to us about it. Surely we didn't come here to stay the same. Surely we weren't hoping that when we left here, nothing would be different in our lives. Surely it's the case that we came because we had a hope that we would have an encounter with you and thereby be changed. Man, Bill had me on the hook the whole way here today, Lord as he talked about these great, deeply spiritual men and their, their incredible uh, a prayer meeting that's so different than mine. And then reveals it's a bunch of men in a prison chapel. Common people. People who've made mistakes. People who've sinned. People who have failed. People like me. called out to you and and who listened and and who believed that you would actually hear and care and answer. We sit in padded pews in a comfortable building today, Lord. Grateful for these things. And from this very comfortable spot, we're going to do something that's very uncomfortable. We're going to put our faith on the line. We're going to reach your direction and, and ask you to hear our prayers and to answer from heaven to change us or to change circumstances that we are facing some of us will be too afraid to ask anything big i have cowered in prayer many times in my life you welcome us to bring whatever faith we have, however little bitty it is, and in whatever combination we have it with doubt, you invite us to to, to bring those requests. And so, Lord, we're going to pray prayers silently from our hearts to you. They're nobody else's business, quite frankly, today. And we're going to pray them with the implied, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. We're going to stretch your direction in faith. Lord, hear our prayers. a a little booklet that he has where he wrote the date and the, the place where he was when he prayed a prayer a long time ago and it was a prayer that he knows that you've answered it's a prayer that changed his life we're making a marker here today this will be the day that we asked big and that we believed and we saw you answer So Lord, if we haven't stretched your direction in faith yet, if we've been been holding back, I ask one more time, would you help us to believe and would you hear our prayers? thanks we are not going to forget to give you glory and honor because we're quite convinced that you deserve it pray that you continue to work in us lord as we leave this place today if all the prayers we pray um, happen in this sanctuary are in trouble but if we leave this place prayerfully and we we continue to have that ongoing conversation with you throughout this week and the ones that follow we believe that you can use us to change the world around us so, Lord, having enlisted in your service, having brought to you both our faith and our doubt, and have brought to you these prayers, we now leave here in the faith that you'll You'll go with us and you'll continue to use us. So we give you glory as we go, in Christ's name. Amen. Grace and peace to you. We'll see you next time.